Are you totally different when it comes to sex and copulation? Have you judged yourself out of receiving pleasure? Have you judged yourself into receiving pleasure in certain ways and excluded other ways? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How has your sex life or lack of it affected other areas of your life? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, pleasure diva and body whisperer, Milica Yelenich. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Milica Yelenich. And for those of you who are joining us tonight, you are coming on in a very interesting topic. I have to say, when I was uh, picking show topics for uh, for the Pleasure Zone or when they were picking me, um, this one jumped out and I literally wrote it and went, really? What have I got to say about this? <laughs> so the topic tonight is, are you getting high for sex? And uh, as I started to actually think about it, I realized that I, I do have stuff to say about it from an outsider's point of view, um, not not from the drug user's point of view, but from being with people who were users of drugs. Um, and I realized that this is something I have a lot of points of view about. So um, maybe tonight I will change that and have less points of view. It's funny because somebody actually asked me once, do I have many points of view about sex and bodies? And I was like, I wonder if I do have points of view. And I realized that this is one of the things I have a point of view about is sex on drugs. So so I'd like to not have any points of view about uh, anything. So this is, I'm excited to like explore this topic and uh, especially because it makes me feel really uncomfortable because I know I have so many points of view about it and I know that I'm going to start like, going, like, I know that I'm going to bust out with some points of view. So likelihood is there's a few of you out there with a few points of view on this too. Or whether the point of view is, yeah, yeah, it's the greatest thing ever, or or, no, it's the most wrong thing ever. Um, I think when it comes to drugs and alcohol, there are some pretty big uh, points of view out there. And then adding sex into the mix uh, certainly can make it a little more interesting. So I'm curious as to what um, what I'm willing to explore, what I'm willing to change, and what I'm willing to um, perceive beyond my um, limitations tonight and beyond my judgments that I have about uh, sex and drugs. So I'm excited for that. So for those of you who have no idea who I am and you just jumped on and you're like, why is she talking about sex and drugs? Well, one of the things that I um, offer, you know, bodies on this planet is more ease um, through movement, through energy work, through um, just being space, hanging out. And one of the things that I have uh, awareness of is uh, is other energies and and how they show up, um, what we choose in order for these things to actually show up. So um, just letting you guys know, you know, like I said, I know that I have points of view (laughs) about this. So if you'd like to come on the show tonight and chat about drugs and sex and getting high, um, 
feel free to call in because I'd love to have a discussion about this um, and maybe I will have less points of view by the end of it. That would be great. How does it get any better than that? So one of the things that, um, like I was saying, one of the things I became aware of when this topic came up, at first I thought, oh, I have nothing to say about it. Um, Because a lot of the topics, I'd say pretty much every other topic I've talked about on this show, I pretty much don't have a point of view about. So I go out and I research what other people's points of view are just to see what people think. Because I really don't have many, I'm just like, okay, bodies, cool. But then I realize this is the one area that I do have points of view about. And so it's probably going to come out a lot. Um, and then I thought, are my points of view founded in some kind of reality? Do I have scientific research to back this up? And um, for some of them, I realize I have done, um, you know, information and research. I've found information and research on a lot of these drugs. So it's not just from the hokey pokey, um, I feel it, it's an energetic thing. People might think that's hokey pokey. That's how I run most of my life is on the energetics of things. And um, for those of you who required some solid science backup, um, I did do some research uh, as well to give you that solid science backup tonight. And a lot of it is that, um, you know, I'm I'm looking around just even in the area that I live in um, at the number of people who are on things like antidepressants um, and And at the same time, how many of them are also saying, you know, they have no libido, they have no sex drive whatsoever, Uh, they lack like a sense of intimacy in their relationships. So um, I'm not just talking street drugs tonight. I'm talking about those things that those doctors, you know, doctors have prescribed to you. You know, it it might even be stuff that's street drugs um, as well, depending. We'll see what shows up. To me, a drug is a drug, whether your drug dealer is a doctor or your drug dealer is the guy on the street. A drug dealer is a drug dealer. So that's my interesting point of view. So i got lots of points of view on this topic, and I'm aware that a lot of them came from uh, my personal experiences where for a few years I lived with somebody who was a daily toker, smoked marijuana every night, every day. Like he, it was something that he felt he required in order to kind of survive. Um, And what I noticed was at first, when we first started dating, he wasn't smoking up very much. He hardly ever smoked up. And we were like two rabid, freaking wild animals, like going at it like maniacs all the time. Uh, it was awesome. Um, I'd give you more details, but it could get a little strange and pornographic um, because it was kind of strange and pornographic and wonderful at the same time. And when he was present with me, when he wasn't drunk or stoned, um, you know, his body was an amazing contribution to mine and a huge... um, for me, he was able to be uh, an incredible kindness that I'd never experienced before that. Or if I had experienced, I wasn't willing to receive it. So his my my uh, experience with him, and I was with him for four years, um, my experience with him really was one that woke me up in a way that 
had me uh, become more aware of subtle things. Um, for example, one of the first uh, one of the first experiences I had um, of having being able to have like an orgasm through kissing was was with him and it was a, kind of an interesting and yet shocking moment i'd had one experience like that prior and that was my very first kiss and i was like 15 years old and i had you know had this uh guy he was like in his early 20s and i thought he was like you know the sexiest thing walking and the fact that he wanted to kiss me like blew me away and here's this older dude and he wants to kiss me. Holy cow. And it was my very first kiss and, and him kissing me. I also had that experience of feeling like I uh, was having an orgasm through a kiss, which blew me away. I was familiar with orgasms. I've been masturbating since I was a child and knew what that felt like. And, and cognitively was aware that, you know, by the age of 12, that that's what was going on with my body. I was aware that I was having an orgasm. So, it wasn't like, what is this? I was like, oh, I'll, that's an orgasm. So this um, particular fellow uh, was was an amazing gift for me, for my body to allow me to start to receive more with my body. Now, what started to occur was there was, there was a bit of stuff going on um, between us um that you know created some some issues that really for 4 years were kind of like the pink elephant in the room that neither of us was talking about um I would go to therapy he didn't want to go to therapy I would go to all kinds of therapy and try and figure out what was you know if I could get over this stuff if I could get over the trauma that it had occurred to my body if I could get over uh the unkindness that you know my body experienced if I could get over all of that so that I could have a better relationship with this person um but he wasn't interested in in the healing arts or anything like that and and at the time I was no in having like zero allowance of that I was like come on we have to go to therapy together had no allowance for him and his healing experience I, I was really being a superior asshole and really thought that he should um, come deal with his issues like I am and that would make him a you know, make him a better person or something. It was it was really not kind. Um and I'm aware of it. And um as far as I'm aware, he has a really great relationship now and children and has a wonderful life. So I'm happy for that for him. And the, the what so what ended up occurring was, you know, this unkindness that I was that I'm aware that, you know, is my superior asshole coming out thinking that, you know, I know what you need. We need to do Tantra and I need to heal and I need to heal sexually and you're going to be the answer to my problems because I think you're the hottest thing walking. And like I put a lot of pressure on him to be my demigod savior, uh, the guy, the guy with the magical penis that was going to do things for me that would change my life. And and uh, what a pressure that is. So, you know, he would start to withdraw because he was... Altogether, he was kind of a, a quiet person, kind of a sh uh, withdrawn person, unless he was like on stage and singing, and then he was like right out there. Um, but other than that, he was very like withdrawn and shy. Um, and he, you know, he would withdraw and withdraw even more. And as he would withdraw, you know, he started to disappear into marijuana 
uh, land, you know, every night he would drift off into this, you know, high and uh, then he would drift off into pornography. That kind of kept him preoccupied. So what I ended up having was um, like this distancing going on. And I, you know, at first I, I really blamed it all on the drugs. I blamed every single speck of our lack of intimacy on his marijuana use. I was like, well, it is. You're smoking up, you're getting high, you're falling asleep, you're watching porn. Um, you know, it's all the drugs and and I have to go to therapy because I feel so alone. And like I created this uh, wild story <laughs> around all of it. And, um, and really, truly looking back, I'm like, wow, if I could have, if, if I chose to be in more allowance, things may have been different. If I also chose to not be a superior asshole, things may have been different. Um, and now having more awareness of that and uh, looking at other um, other people, like I, I started to become more aware in this last week that when whenever somebody's pulling superior asshole on me, I just want to like smash their head. But I also am aware of where I am you know, getting really clear at how many places I've been a superior ass. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a side note. But um, I get for me that uh, I have had and have definitely had the attitude of superior asshole when it comes to um, drugs and alcohol, for sure, um, especially with past partnerships with um, the person I was mentioning with the marijuana and then um my last uh last partner well he was an on and off partner but the uh, sperm donor to my daughter um was both a an alcohol user profusely uh, an alcoholic and uh, a drug user of sorts as he was into uh sleeping pills and viagra and all kinds of things to try and painkillers um, all all of them were were by the doctor drug pushers, not the street drug pushers. So that seemed, uh, in his point of view, to be more valid. But what I noticed uh, in both cases was that whenever the the uh, substances were present, it's like those people. To me, I felt like I was being excluded, and that the drugs became their primary relationship, and I was like so not part of their life. Uh, and that for me was the most devastating was that disconnection that started to take place when, whenever the drugs or the alcohol were present and I became like non-existent or I wasn't included uh, somehow in all of it. And I wasn't choosing to be included in the drugs or alcohol. So we're going to take a brief break. And when we come back, I'll discuss a little bit more about um, are you getting high for sex? And maybe some tips and tools for those of you who are so that you can choose something different and those of you who are in relationship with people who are, um, maybe some tips and tools for you on what you can uh, choose as well. So when we come back from break. 
Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow your to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melissa every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you're far greater than you've ever given yourself credit for? What if it's time to know the gift and the contribution you are to the world and to like yourself a lot more? Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question, and everything changed for me. Asking questions opens doors to infinite possibilities. And it's not about finding the answer. It's about being the question. Always. What I'm inviting you to step into is something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Gandhi, Picasso, and Aristotle all knew to be true. What if no question is too big or too small? What if anything is possible for you? What if together we could create a kinder, gentler, happier world? Is now the time? Go to beingyouclass.com and sign up for a free video series, My Gift to You. Beingyouclass.com What if you, truly being you, are the gift and change this world requires? beingyouclass.com This is The Pleasure Zone with Body Whisperer, Melissa Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MelissaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Milica Yelenich, and tonight's topic is, are you getting high for sex? So I know that there are people out there that, you know, um, feel like they have to drink before they have sex, or they feel like they have to smoke up, or they got to get high, they got to snort coke, they got to take a painkiller, they got to take a Viagra. I know there are people out there that are doing that. <clears throat> and 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 I'm aware that I have a point of view about it. So, um, so tonight, what else is possible so that maybe I can actually have no point of view about it to be in more allowance? Because really, my target is to be uh, have way more allowance, to have my allowance and my awareness uh, be matching. And um, I know that sometimes my awareness far exceeds my allowance. Uh, and on this particular topic, I know that's the case and what else is possible. So I know, too, for me, um, you know, being in relationship with uh, and choosing relationships where people have had addiction, whether they are self-admitted or not, um, it's more like what I perceived as being the block in our relationship uh, whether it had to do with uh, what I considered excessive use of drugs. Now, that's up to them whether they felt they were excessively using drugs or not, but it was 
in my not so humble superior ass opinion that there was way too much of it going on and it was affecting everything including me so from um from the standpoint of um science let's go there for a second um there's actually been research done um by several different you know lots of different places are doing research on it because now that medical marijuana is available in over 20 states in the US and it's available all over Canada uh, as far as i know um it is it is becoming more of a conversation piece and so there's more research being done on it and what they're finding is that especially for men as much as it may help with things like nausea or pain or allow your body to relax now your body's relaxing so your body is also then going to relax your muscles and that includes your penis so it can definitely decrease libido from an energetic standpoint uh, one of my teachers uh, facilitators uh, the co-founder the founder of access actually gary douglas talks about marijuana in a different way um, talking about it uh, more about from an energetic standpoint and what it invites in uh, to your life and into your body, um, just like anything, um, anything that you eat or anything that you choose or bring into your home, all of it has an energy, just like marijuana would have an energy. Um, so it is kind of like a, you know, they call it the gateway drug, but I think it's more energetically that it's this. Uh, it creates an opening for other energies to show up. So if you are aware, then you can be like, oh, there's other energies here. Okay, step back. I don't need you um, bugging me, influencing me, talking to me, driving me crazy. And those other energies can be other people's thoughts, feelings, and emotions. They can be, um, you know, disembodied beings. They could be so many things. Um, believe it or not, you know, you don't have to believe me on that front. We can just go from the scientific standpoint of it relaxes your muscles. So there you go. And um, so it's just choice. You know, if your body, if you really have this um, need, if you really feel this drive and this need or this requirement that in order to copulate with somebody, you have to um, get high first you might want to ask a few questions if you're choosing to be conscious. But then again, if you're choosing to be conscious, are you choosing that? Well, that's another conversation for another day, I think, but or maybe not. Um, so if you are choosing to be high, if you're choosing to smoke up, say, for example, or uh, try out cocaine or whatever, you know, different drugs will definitely have different effects. So some of them like marijuana will like relax those muscles. Some of them like cocaine will get you high as a kite and likely really horny and really um what's full of body sensations. You get something like ecstasy where people just everything is orgasmic, you know, so all all these drugs have different effects. Um, methamphetamines, methamphetamines, you know, like meth apparently has uh, has this quality about it that gets people feeling really sexual and sensual. And um, one of the, the research uh, bits that I read said that it's one of the reasons why it's so hard for people to get off of meth is that they feel so sexy and sensual and um, 
a lot of times if you look at a person on meth, they're not looking so sexy and sensual. They're looking kind of rough, beat up, and not present. So um, just saying, maybe it's creating some delusions there. It does create a, a sensation in your body. And what if you can actually create that kind of uh, either relaxation, if it's uh, marijuana you're looking for, uh, if it's, you know, meth you're looking for, what if, uh, you know, your body can create that sense of euphoria, ecstasy, and orgasmic energy uh, without having to to have like a chemical interaction with your, your brain, your, your entire nervous system, um, you know, how it impacts the rest of your organs. Uh, again, yes, I know I sound like I'm being a bit of a preacher, but I feel like there's a lack of, of, of you know, people talk about don't do drugs because it affects your brain, and some people are like, oh, I don't care about my brain. But I bet you if more, uh, if more people talked about the effects of drugs on your sex life, a lot less people would be choosing it because they'd be like, uh, no, I really like the use of my penis. I really like the use of my vagina. I really like the use of having feelings and orgasms. I'll take that over drugs. Um, and that if they were aware that there was something else possible, that you could have this orgasmic uh, sense of being, this and truly being and being present uh, in all areas of your life, that that may actually be far more orgasmic than any chemical combination you could try and inject into your body, smoke into your body, or whatever, any way that your body is trying to ingest it. So I would really, if you are choosing um, to to use any of these drugs and you are, uh, you know, thinking, oh, yeah, I'm really being conscious, you know, I would start playing with things like, hey, body, do you do you require marijuana to actually, you know, if you're about to have sex with somebody, hey, body, do you require marijuana in order to, uh, you know, perform? And you might actually find out that, amazingly enough, maybe you don't require marijuana to perform. Maybe you uh, just require to freaking chill out. Maybe you require somebody to cuddle you, touch you. Maybe you require something totally different. And your go-to answer, because you're not being aware, because you're not asking a question, because you're just deciding and concluding and choosing that marijuana is your answer, maybe you might have a new awareness, but only if you choose it. And I dare you to actually ask the question, because are you actually willing to listen to your body if it says it doesn't require it? So a lot of um, times when there's an addictive behavior going on, you know, drug or alcohol addiction, um, there is really a complete disconnection to the body um, and complete disconnection to you even existing as a being. So the chances of you choosing to be aware of it are not very high. However, there may be a few of you out there who are like, holy crap, I would just like to be aware. Can I please have some tools? Yes. Yes, you can. So number one is to me, begin to have a conversation with your body begin to learn to actually communicate with your body. And by that, I mean actually starting to have conversations uh, about smaller things with your body. You know, start start having conversations about things that maybe you don't have such a gigantic charge with. Like maybe 
by that I mean like if you really love marijuana and you want to continue to use it all the time and you like are looking for any excuse to say yes to it, then start communicating with your body about something else. Maybe about the socks you're going to wear. Hey body, which would you like to wear socks today? Okay, body, which socks would you like to wear? See, that kind of conversation will have less of a charge than maybe the marijuana conversation. So if you start to have this communication with your body, you can build it up to a place where you can have honest conversations with your body. And by honest, I mean where you are willing to be vulnerable with you so that you can listen to your body and what it's telling you without having, um, you know, these filters that you may have put up, like the filter of this is what I need to relax or you may have a bunch of other filters up that make everything look rosy colored. And so <clears throat> whatever it is you're utilizing, you know, as a, as a, like a defense mechanism to lock in the idea that you can, you know, that drugs are your answer. Um, yeah. If you are choosing some awareness or some consciousness, you might, like I was saying, start with something a little, with a le- little less charge and a little more ease to, uh, start the conversation out. So, you know, if if you're noticing that you have this like go-to response of, oh, I'll just have this and that'll, you know, caffeine is a drug too. Um, you know, in our house, we have coffee, we have alcohol, we have chocolate. All of those are drugs. You know, they're just, caffeine just happens to be a drug that we can get anywhere, anytime. Um, and, and those, you know, the highs that we you get from sugar, you know, the fact that you can get, you know, alcohol easily over the, when you're over the age of 19, it's not, these are, you know, easy, accessible, um, drugs that people use all the time. Um, drugs in the sense of adding something to your body, like a chemical that you add to your body to create, uh, some kind of emotional uh, change or a, a sense of like relaxation to your body. So uh, in the broader sense of the word drug. So, you know, it's not like I don't have these things in my house. I have homeopathics in my house, you know, um, and in some ways they were the original drugs. So I've got all kinds of plants on my land that can, that if you, you know, use them on your body, can heal your body could you know if you if you probably you know took bark off of some tree and licked it you might get high for all i know i probably have some kind of uh fungus growing in my forest that could you know create some hallucinations i have no idea for sure i haven't tried it um but what i'm saying is it's available it's everywhere and so it's not like uh, you have to go to the drug pushers to get it. It's pretty much anywhere. And um, so first figure out if your body would like to choose it. And your body could be funny. Like, for example, my body loves having beautiful wine bottles in the house. And at the same time, my body rarely, like rarely requires like or asks to have any wine. Um, and yet at the same time, I have a beautiful collection of it that I like looking at. I like just really like the shape of the bottles and the look of the labels. And 
I I really like drinking and like ginger ale out of wine glasses. So I have all kinds of uh, stuff that could I could easily like go. Oh yes, I should I should choose that. My body is choosing it. Uh, and and some people will do that. They'll just go. Oh, my body needs it. Well, did you actually ask your body if it requires or desires it, or have you concluded that your body requires and desires it? I ask that because most of the time um, with the people that I lived with that were big into the marijuana, big into the drinking, they would always use that as an excuse. Oh, my body is so sore. I need it. And I was like, wow, I'm trained in so many things that could assist you in so many ways and you would never choose it. Interesting. So that was my interesting point of view coming from the rescuer that I truly be. (laughs) But uh, we will head off to break as you guys have been listening to me ramble about my life and my points of view. And maybe by the end of the show, I won't have any points of view about drugs and alcohol. We'll see. When we come back from break, we'll continue this wild and interesting conversation. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melissa every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness, a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a Bars session, The worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melissa Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melissa Yelenich, and tonight's topic is, are you getting high for sex? So a lot of people are, you know, and a lot of people probably aren't even aware that they are um, because they're using, you know, or choosing and utilizing drugs that are prescription drugs, and they don't 
think of that as a getting high for sex kind of situation. So let's just go with drugs or drugs, whether a doctor's given them to you or a street pusher's given them to you uh, or your best friend grew it and gave it to you, whatever. Um, drugs are drugs. They alter something chemically in your body. So one of the things um, that is really prominent now um or maybe it's just really prominent to me because of the area I live in. Uh, it is a huge, huge thing out here uh, where I live that I'd say probably 20% of the people that uh, I know of are on an antidepressant of some kind. It's it's like so common. It's unbelievable. Uh, to me, it's unbelievable because um, to me, there's just so many options and I've been depressed. I've just never chosen to be on antidepressants. You know, I had like postpartum depression pretty hardcore. Um, and and at the same time, I just was like, there's no way I'm, I was refusing the possibilities of taking drugs is what I was doing um, because there was no way I was going to be smarter and better than that. So though some bodies truly require it, some bodies truly require antidepressants because there really is a chemical thing going on and they require having some assistance with that to kind of um, maintain that. And not everybody has that situation and the drug pushers are definitely um, giving them away like free candy. So um, one of the things that happens with antidepressants is that it often causes sexual dysfunction. So certain antidepressants that are, um, they're under a category called SSRIs, which are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And they are um, often the first line um, option for depression. So stuff like Prozac and Zoloft, really common ones. So there was an article written in the Journal of Psychiatry and Neuroscience that said that this sexual dysfunction occurs through several brain pathways involving the increase in serotonin, the decrease in dopamine, and inhibition of nitric oxide synthase. It increases cortical limbic uh, 5-HT, which results in decreased sexual desire, ejaculation, and orgasm. Consequently, it is not surprising that selective serotonin uptake inhibitors induced sexual dysfunction occurs in 30 to 80% of patients and its main cause of treatment is discontinuation. So, which is a, you know, they're saying a discontinuation of the drug. However, the issue with getting off of antidepressants is that it can create a huge, um, backlash in the body. So the body becomes dependent on these antidepressants. It's not something you can get off of cold turkey. Even if you've been on an antidepressant for like only a month, um, highly encourage you not to go off of it cold turkey. Consult your doctor, find out ways to reduce your intake slowly, like over a year, even though you might have been on it for only a month, um, whatever their recommendation is. But if you're if your doctor is recommending that you go off of it cold turkey, um, unless they see that it's going to kill you because you have an allergy to it, uh, you may want to consult another doctor because that's just insane. So, um, yeah, if you if you are happen to be on antidepressants and you're wondering why on earth am I having a low sex drive, uh, it's 
really, really common. So, and the use of antidepressants is really common. So, the fact that we've got, you know, so much of the population feeling bummed, unsatisfied about life in general, not feeling very sexy, sexual, or very happy in their bodies. Like, no frigging kidding. Like, what's going on on this planet that we require so... I mean, I know what's going on on this planet, but what if we could choose awareness over drugging ourselves? You know, other than those, you know, probably handful of people who truly require the chemical um, intake in order to 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 have their body function properly or with ease, that their body is actually asking for the medication... That's another story, but um, yes, and some bodies do ask for medication. It's not that all bodies don't, it's, uh, you know, and I'm a huge um, proponent of if your body's asking for it, use it, but please use your awareness and find out if your body is actually asking for it. So um, the other kind of uh, antidepressant, which is a tricyclic antidepressant, also has uh, a decreased libido effect. And... Uh, another study showed that the birth control pills often after long term uh like long term use can result in also um a in, or that sorry it can actually start to kill a woman's libido if uh, if their birth controls are being used long term so uh, you know, if you've been on the pill for 10 years and you're wondering why you don't have a sex drive, um, maybe consult your doctor about how you can uh, start to change that, um, get off the pill, try looking at other alternatives for uh, birth control or for, it's not, you know, it's really just for birth control because STD control, that's not going to do anything for STDs. So next in line is something um it's a it's called proscar it is a class of uh drugs called the 5 alpha reductase inhibitors and they're used to treat enlarged prostates so i am aware that um the medication um and actually the yeah a lot of the medication used for uh for cancer especially for prostate can totally decrease libido um like make it non-existent so um, though the medication can shrink the prostate, it can also have a significant uh, impact on lowering the libido because it lowers testosterone. So lots of um, lots of lots of crazy drugs going on uh, that are just really prominent in the world. That are you know a lot of people on these things. There's also a, a baldness drug. Um, that also has a similar side effect of decreasing libido. So, and antihistamines can do that. Uh, they can pose a problem for long term. So, if you're on antihistamines for any kind of allergies and you're on them frequently, that can affect it. Medical marijuana can. Anti seizure drugs can reduce uh, sex drive and increase erectile dysfunction and actually can alter semen quality as well. Uh, opioids that are, you know, prescribed as painkillers like Vicodin and oxytocin. Oxycontin, sorry, not oxytocin. We want oxytocin, not oxycontin. Um, but opioids also lower testosterone levels, which in turn can lower your libido. 
beta blockers are another one. So beta blockers um, are they're they're usually in eye drops um, for treatment of glaucoma. Um, they can also impact your sex drive, and in terms of like lowering it. And uh, benzodiazepines. Um, there's evidence with that as well that that anti-anxiety drugs like Xanax can affect sexual functioning and lower your sex drive. So, kind of a wild bummer, eh? There's so many uh, drugs out there that, you know, you you look at these ads, especially there's like ads in America. I've noticed there's a lot of them in America, more than in Canada, that um, will say, you know, oh, this... This drug will increase your erection, and then and then somewhere on their list it'll also say it could also decrease libido. Well, your erection might be working, but you might not have a drive to use it. Well, isn't that just a weird combination? But you might also have an erection, but it can also cause death. I'm not sure which one are you choosing. So, ah, so please use your awareness when it comes to drugs and alcohol. If you could just please ask some questions of your body. You know, there are, like I was saying, there are drugs out there that have, that do have an, uh, that can actually assist your body. If you're choosing to listen to your body, use it with awareness, use it in the dosages that your body is asking for. Even things like opium. Back in the day, that was medicine. Back in the day, marijuana and, and all kinds of hemp-derived medicines um we're being used for all kinds of things. And so it's not that I'm a, a totally against drugs. What it is is that I would like people to have awareness. Um, if you're going to use it, be aware. Be aware of, in, in terms of, not be necessarily, you don't have to be aware of all the side effects. I'm just giving you some side effects. What I mean by awareness is that I'd like you to ask questions. Ask questions of your body, of what it desires and requires. What I guess I'm, what truly bothers me, um, where I have the point of view is when people are doing this stuff with, uh, you know, completely unconsciously. They're not asking any questions. They're doing it as a reflex reaction. It's a thing that is just like a go-to answer for everything. It's, um, you know, it's one of these things where when in doubt, you know, drink up, when in doubt, toke up, when in doubt, shoot up, when in doubt, take an antidepressant. There isn't a lot of consideration uh, for your body going on. Um, and your body is the one taking in all of those chemicals. So if you even had uh, a little um, sense of self-love, uh, self I was going to say self-respect, and I'm going to say it anyway because that's what wants to come out. If you had a little ounce of self-respect or self-love uh, or desire to have any kind of awareness, you might ask some questions for your body. And I know people who have gotten off of uh, pain medication, like like mega doses of it, who have had a lot of pain. Um, and I know people who have gotten off of these things uh, with energy work, with body work, with awareness I am aware that we have capacities beyond our imagination, that our bodies can produce every hormone we require. It can induce 
us into sleep. It can induce us into euphoria. It can create things for us that we think we have to get by some kind of external um, thing being uh, injected or placed in our bodies to have these chemical reactions. You know, what if our bodies have every single chemical we require? What if we can start to activate these within our own bodies? So if your body requires, uh, you know, relaxation, what if you can ask for um, all the parts of all those hormones that are involved in relaxation to ramp up, kick in? You know, if if your muscles are sore and tired, you know, asking your body what it requires. What if your body requires like a salt bath uh, more so than a painkiller. You know, we have a lot of these go-to things that we just assume take this. And yes, I get there are prescriptions out there. And what if before taking them or even filling them, fulfilling them, filling those prescriptions, what if you start to ask some questions? Because I would really love to see a world where people are aware and they're having communication with their bodies and then you know when they do go to have sex they're being present with each other there isn't this um you know disconnection going on where they're in a fantasy land they think they're with you but they're not with you they you know um the partners i had that were you know whether they were on drugs or alcohol they you know they I guess I never really assumed they were present with me. I was just really aware that they weren't. And for me, that was one of the most devastating things was to feel like a person kept on trying to run away from me through drugs or alcohol and that I was like, you know, feeling really alone, um, even though I was in uh, these partnerships, you could say I was in the something. Um, And the, you know the lack of communication, the hiding, the lying. A lot of times there's like a lot of lying and hiding that goes on with, um, you know, drug use and alcohol use. So that was that was also something that was uh, a little devastating to me as well. So um, if you are somebody who's going through this, if you're somebody who's in a relationship uh, with a person who, um, you know, every time you go to make love with them or whatever, they uh, have to get high. If if that works for you, awesome. But if it's not working for you and you would like them to be present, um, you know, maybe have them listen to this show. Maybe they just require a little information about what's really going on uh, scientifically, chemically going on to, to create that. Um, maybe they need to hear it from you, how it's affecting you. Um, maybe you saying to them, I'd really love you to be present. That would be the sexiest thing on earth. Can we just do this once without you being high? I just want to know what it's like. Is Being high is, you know, it's not like being high is being present. Being high is being high. Being present is being present. Right. They're completely different. Being high is when you are being chemically induced to a different state of mind. Uh, which is not necessarily a conscious state of mind. It's just an altered state of mind. Just like if you, you know, ate too much sugar and you started to go crazy and, like, say crazy things. It's just an altered state of mind. Um, You know, if you ate mud and you started to say weird things, it's an altered state of mind as well. So if you're truly choosing to be present with somebody um, would you require the drugs and alcohol? 
Um, and are you, I'd also wonder if you are the one who is using drugs and alcohol in any way, um, is this a relationship that you enjoy and do you enjoy being with this person or do you feel like you need to escape? Are you intimidated by them? Um, are you intimidated by you being present? Does being present scare you? Like what's going on for you? So if that's something that you would like to have a conversation about, if you'd like to like find out what's going on with you or for you or you like to choose different and you don't know how, you know, feel free to contact me. You know, um, I would love to think that I can be enough space um, to be able to assist with that without a point of view. And as I'm going through this show, I do feel like I have uh, uh, kind of a more clarity around what it is that people might be choosing the drugs for, might be choosing the alcohol for, um, what it is that they would you know, you know, whether it is that, you know, the person's intimidating or, for example, you know, when I was being the superior ass, maybe I was a little intimidating too. And, you know, that could be a turnoff. And if you don't really have a lot of tools to go to as a resource, that may be, um, that may be your thing. You may, your first uh, option for you, maybe I'm going to run, run and get high because, you know, I'm with this intimidating person who's, uh, obnoxious in a superior ass. Okay, cool. Um, and I wonder too if as I become more aware of all the places where I'm being a superior ass and I have more allowance for me in all of uh, my glory and more allowance for everybody else, if that will actually um, completely start to you know, change my points of view where I won't have any points of view about it, it'll be space and ease and then the people I've been resisting so long uh, with drugs and alcohol, maybe that resistance uh, will dissipate. And, and when there is no resistance, what else is possible? So for um, those of you out there who are in relationships with people who are on drugs and alcohol, what if you and I and all of us, what if we could stop being in resistance and reaction to their choices? What if we could be in allowance of ourselves and of them, and again, that doesn't mean you have to be a doormat and be walked over and be abused. Um, you don't even have to have choose to have sex with them. You don't even have to choose to have a relationship with them. You can be allowance of their choice, like interesting choice, interesting they would choose to be high, interesting choice, interesting choice, interesting point of view. They have that point of view. It's one of the greatest ways to start to have allowance. And um, I get that that is going to be my heavy-duty mantra for the next... Hmm, I don't know, a lifetime. So I want to thank all of you for joining me tonight, for listening in. I know this was one, maybe not one of the sexiest shows I've ever done, but I do get that it was a conversation that I required having, even if it was only for me, myself, uh, and, you know, this guy. So thank you so much for listening. I look forward to having you guys on the show next week. Um, can't remember our topic, but I'm sure it's going to be fun. Bye. Thank you for choosing to listen to The Pleasure Zone. Milica Yelenich will return next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.